KVBL Radio is back. Post Sim 3? I guess it's Sim 3. Again, lack of research. Nah, it's Sim 3. So, we got a little bit more clarity after the last Sim. And I think we have less questions moving forward. But what's exciting is that there's still a lot going on between both conferences. We usually start in the Landro, so I figured, you know what, we might as well just start in the Maynard this go-around and see what we know. A lot of teams still making moves, which is funny because when you look at the top of the Maynard, all you see is the Kings. Kings are 30-2, and two, putting together a potential historic season here. They haven't lost since the first Sim, so they've had two straight undefeated Sims. Uh, Tucci has just really, 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 really worked for that team. Stabilized the starting lineup. Of course, he had Prince uh, bringing my boy Rugens in off the bench. Baker off the bench this season as opposed to last year. Man, has it worked for him. So kudos to the Kings. You know, until Mike gets bored, this team is is going to be awesome. Now, again, Divine is a free agent in the offseason. So uh, just a reminder that, you know, next year, maybe not as much, but at least for this season, I don't know. Is this team going to lose? Is this team going to win? This team should win 70 games, right? I mean, it's pretty pretty obvious. Um, we just – he talked about it recently. Did Omer's team go like 77-5 and five or 75-7 and seven one year? Uh, Kyle mentioned that on the podcast recently, but wow. Uh, Kings are awesome. And then it's everybody else. Like, sure, the Hornets are good. And the Hornets, we, we talked about being preseason favorites. But, you know, like, the Kings look ridiculous. And the Hornets have been somewhat beatable. It's tough to say the Hornets weren't your favorites heading into the season because of the Kings losing in the first round, uh, of course. So, but man, right now, I think you, we, we flip it back to the Kings. Staying in the Maynard, how about the Clippers? Memphis X, getting it done. Now, Crest, once again, wants to be patted on the back for, like, the 30th time. Like, who called it? Crest called it. Crest said it in the preseason, I think, before the season started. He duly noted the really strong one through nines defensively that MX was going to be able to roll out with uh, Shagur and Stingley at the two and the three. Um, and I think at that time, of course, he had Graf starting. Uh, and then also, I don't even know, what, what did he have? He had Moss at center. You know, and since then, it's, it's been more stabilized. He's got Lee Chul back in his starting lineup. He's got, he traded. Now, this is a very interesting trade. Like, like okay, it makes sense here. So let's see. Um, James Graff played two Sims, was taken with the sixth pick, and is traded for Omar Jean, who is on a very nice, cheap contract. But I feel like Ajan's a guy that, you know, could he have gotten cheaper? I don't know what else other stuff he had. He was able to keep his, the four position guy he's got on the bench as well. But I, I mean, like we talk about value. I just feel like that was a little bit of an overpay. You know, Kyle was mentioning how he felt like Graf was never going to be anything. I mean, again, we, we've seen two Sims from the guy, two Sims. I was the guy blasting Vialba just because of all the crap that everyone wanted to talk that one season when all of them, you know, likely should have had him. But we've seen two Sims at a graph, and we're not, you know, like, people, we got to, like, can we kill him a little bit on the trade? Like, that's a sixth pick. He just traded the sixth pick for Omar Ajan. Again, we just talk about value. I feel like, it, you know, could he have gotten him somehow else? I mean, he's got his picks, I guess. So what else is is it? 
is it even doable? Or could he get something else back from Smath? Maybe like a different pick involved um, for giving up that player. Because I just think, I think Graf's going to be good. I think he wanted more steals from Graf when he drafted him. So maybe he's slightly disappointed. But again, it's not like Graf's been in the season for, he's been in the league for three or four years. Like he's traded AGS, he's traded Sudbury, and now he trades Graf. It's very interesting how he's transitioning out of these chucker point guards. Uh, and obviously, in this case, opting for defense, and he's trying to grab the offensive rebounding. But, um, I mean, that's a that's a somewhat risky trade for the future. You know, is, is this Clippers team, like, what is their ceiling for this season? I guess, you know, we, we would want to see how they potentially could play the Kings. They're clearly the two seed at the moment, but it's like the two through eight is still a complete mess, aside from maybe, I guess, the 500 teams. But, you know, it, two, well, not even, because the Warriors, the Warriors are 500 with the same point differential. You know, I feel like it's still too early to say, like, I feel like the Clippers can go either in either direction. But the point is, we know that they're good. Like the lineup that they're putting out right now is solid. It's it's got the it's got a good blend. The defensive guys actually score, which helps a bit. And Lee Chul is still scoring. Zampa is doing his thing, and you know Ajan seems to work for that team because they can get they can hammer the glass. So you know kudos to to MX for quickly making it work. And yes, kudos again to Crest for calling it because yeah, people didn't weren't quite sure. I, I think I was you know in that camp myself that I didn't love the Clippers, but when you start actually looking at the team, as I did, I think, in the preview, when you start looking at their roster and their lineup, like, wow, this team actually is pretty frisky. Um, when you just look at the defensive one through nines that those guys did put out. So, yeah, yeah, Crest called it, and good job by by the Clippers getting it done so far. Sun started Bill Bombwell, my boy, and he went off. Love Bill Bombwell. Love Bill Bombwell. Um, have we gotten a full on? Duh, 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 I want to see. Come on, Zay can't even do his stupid math. He can't even do his stupid math. Anyways, um, Bill Bombwell was a guy that seven a seven PO who's point guard eligible. That seems like he's a solid fifty percent player. Start that guy at point guard, man. Roll him out there. See what he can do. Easy gets hurt, so it, it naturally makes it fit. Now, look, I, I get it. Like, you want easy in your starting point guard because of the steals. But if your point guard can shoot 50%, how many times have we talked about it? KJ literally just went out on his podcast and said point guard shoot 40%. So if you can get 50% from your, from your point guard and the fact that he can score a bunch and clearly it doesn't seem like point guard defense is as much of an issue at the moment, uh... I couldn't. I, I haven't heard it enough from Ricky and Kyle about how point guards suck, and that's why Kyle technically wants Pang because yeah, like I guess you can roll out a deficient defensive point guard right now um, because there's not a ton of scoring offensively from that spot. At least again, at least efficiently. So you know why not play Bombwell now? Okay, get. I get it. I get it. Like if Easy's healthy, I like the idea that maybe you start Bombwell and can Easy come off the bench. But the Suns are fine. The Sun, the Suns were, they still played okay. Barmwell had some big games. He had two 40-point games. Now, look, I know he's not going to do it, but I love it. I love the fact that, like, he's an, he's an obvious mismatch at that spot. Uh, and when Easy comes back, he could still do it. He could still try to say, I want to give Barmwell a bunch of the minutes. He could be my starting point guard, my second shooting guard, and, you know, have him just score and then easy comes off the bench and get some steals like there's no harm in that but hey let's I mean 
can't complain about a guy that looks, seems like he's putting up that last sim. It looks like he was pushing potentially 25 points on, um, 25 points on, I mean, maybe 50%, but either way, I mean, I loved it. I love that he was able to do it. I don't think he would have done it unless he was kind of forced to, but bomb was fun. Knicks righted the ship a little bit. They got a little bit better. Uh, they started Parsons. That was a big one. Put Parsons in at center instead of white. I believe, or maybe power forward, but it stabilized the lineup a little bit, gave them a little bit more passing. Parsons can score a little bit. Yes, you lose White's efficiency, but White was found a little bit. Um, we know who he is, and you know the Knicks are scrappy. You know, like are they a playoff team long term? They seem like they are. You know, like they do have decent positive point differential. They're getting plus three, which again isn't crazy. So it's like we have so many of these teams that are similar in that range that don't have a huge plus point differential, but they're okay. You know, now I don't quite know exactly what they want to do. Like, do, is this what they want to do? Be like pseudo bad, um, probably finish, you know, finish in the back half, but still make the playoffs to be kind of frisky. I mean, maybe that's, I think what Andre wants, but again, it wouldn't be terrible if the team misses. So it's kind of like, you know, Hey, we, we know what we got. We got some good young talent and if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but that's kind of a fun situation. You know, I've, Funny enough, I mean, hey, I, I guess I was kind of in that situation last year, right? We saw the Thunder make an interesting trade. So, it's funny that I have Bo in his prime, I guess, when I, when I signed him as a free agent. Didn't quite know what to do with him. Didn't fit at that time either. So, I ended up trading him for what I felt was the best offer. And funny enough, now I get Bo back. And I probably wasn't paying too much attention to the fact that, yes, he lacks some defense. Um... And he still has a foul rate. And, of course, I go out and get him. <clears throat> and the problem for me, which I kind of knew at the time, was I really purged all of my assets. I gave up Lucas Grzecki, who I thought was really good, um, has good potential. You know, I gave up that Raps pick, which at the time I liked. And then I gave up, I think, two. I gave up two picks in that current draft, which I didn't really care about, 16 and 20, since I still had 13, I guess, and then my 42. And it was like, it was probably just a little bit too much. If I would have kept my 42 or something else, it just gives me more maneuverability. Because now I'm stuck in a situation where unless I move a player, I have like this King's 40 pick, and it was similar to what Ricky had last year, where when Ricky had that, I guess, that Hornets pick or whatever he had, he couldn't really do anything because he had to take a pick back. So I was kind of stuck with, you know, I had to basically get whatever I could for Bo, in my opinion. And, you know, so now I have Bo, and it just didn't work. Now, long-term, who knows? Obviously, again, we talk about giving it only two sims. But it was like he couldn't stay healthy, couldn't stay on the floor, kept getting hurt. I feel like he's gotten hurt six times in three sims, which is bonkers. Um, he only loses a few games at a time or even sometimes is injured and maybe doesn't even miss a game because he still has decent games played. But... The fit just didn't make sense. I hoped, hey, let me just get so much scoring that it doesn't, you know, if Pang's a chucker, no big deal because I have, you know, four starters who can score. And it just didn't work. Like, he fouled a ton. Um, his stats weren't terrible, but it just wasn't a good fit. Um, and then Ricky had been harassing me all year. Like, my original offer was I wanted his 42 for pretty much the same offer that I got. And, and he laughed at me. And it's like, all things considered probably wasn't, you know, definitely wasn't a bad offer. I should have still probably tried to ask him for something. Uh, maybe even that Hornets. I mean, what does he have a Hornet? No, he doesn't have the Hornets pick, but even the Pacers pick, like anything probably of extra if I'm giving him Bo. Cause yeah, Bo's, Bo is the better, best player and asset in the deal. Um, but I was getting back useful players. I think McMahon, I liked a lot, a little bit more than Lambrecht cause Lamb, uh, Lamb fouls a bit. 
Uh, the problem that I might have is that Lamb at least rebounded and he had offensive rebounding, whereas McMahon is kind of low foul, gives me more steals. So I kind of traded steals for rebounding, and my team just might need the rebounding. Now it's really tough because I only had a really I had a small sample size. Went four and four. I have like a 13 game stretch where 12 of them are on the road. So most of that was pretty much this sim. The only home game I lost in overtime against the Raptors. So I'm trying to sift through these box scores, try to figure out where I lost. And it's like so similar to so many teams that we've seen or so many upsets it's like when my team loses it seems like I was getting in foul trouble and that's weird considering I just added McMahon and Yard um so it's funny that we like on the on the heels of KJ's podcast which kudos to KJ by the way um now I'll admit I listen to KJ I, I like to listen to podcasts on one and a half and if you can get used to people talking pretty quickly it actually is nice because you can crank through an hour podcast in like what 40 minutes um so it's pretty, it, it's, it was good. And especially when KJ was doing his research and had to look through a lot of stuff, it made it go by a lot quicker. But I loved KJ's podcast because he did touch on stuff and he talked about fit and he gave us, you know, some good references as far as ratings and all that. So like awesome, awesome podcast right there to let everybody kind of ask the questions that they wanted of what they were confused about or what they were interested in. And, you know, I feel like I learned a little bit. I didn't know that even like the team page that we looks at goes by a default of like two in a row at a certain position of who they think is better. So if your guy's listed first, JSB thinks that guy is better. Now, again, that's what JSB thinks. And we know what JSB thinks sometimes is a little bit hokey, but it's interesting. I never knew that. And then it lists the guys at the end. I always wondered kind of why it arranged guys in that order and then sometimes it changes just by adding a random guy here or there and I'm assuming again a lot of it goes off of what's the listed guy's position you know etc etc but you know it was was neat it was neat and I love that podcast so you know good job but what I'm touching on here is going into the idea when he had talked about fit and you know my team like it's foul rate is a weird one because sometimes you have low foul guys and what they do is these ultra low foul guys cause your other guys who are who are decent to foul more if you can find guys that are just kind of balanced it's probably safer because they don't tend so it's like you know is mcmahon ultra low foul like yards seem to be a low foul big and here he goes in there i put him at plus two he was playing 40 minutes per game for ricky 40 minutes per game. Now, Ricky had him set at auto defensively. I wasn't quite sure why I didn't have him at post. But I put Yard in the post. Again, small sample size. He can only play 30 minutes and averages four fouls. So I don't quite know what happens. Now, is it like Wagstaff's pretty low foul? He's he's kind of on the real low end. Raffi, after last year, who seemed like he was high foul, is now normal. Satan's a little bit higher foul, but McMahon seems really low foul. So is it some sort of weird combination of McMahon with Wags? Um, makes yard foul more. It's like, does your team have to foul a certain amount per game? Just JSB makes it happen. So then it starts to maneuver it and shift it elsewhere. It's like, yes, we know certain guys are high foul. But, you know, when you have guys that are low foul, does it force other guys to foul more? And I feel like some of us would say yes. So I just, I don't know what the fit. Again, small sample size. You know, it's like, and I know what I guess I have out of McMahon. He's a guy that's going to give me some steals. He's going to pass. He's going to play some defense. He's not going to give me any scoring whatsoever. He's not going to give me any rebounding. So now I have the question of, is McMahon and Satan a bad mix? Because neither one of them rebounds, even though I added yard and I needed rebounding. So it's still a team that I'm not even sure what fits. You know, but like I said, like Ricky been harassing, not even harassing me, but he, you know, Ricky throws together these crafty deals at the, oh, I'm just randomly throwing this together, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you know, I wasn't really interested at first. And it's like not a bad offer. And he was kind of like, okay, the offer's gone. Give me a break. You're not can, bud. 
You're not Ken. You want Bo. The offer's going to be there. It still ended up being there. Um, because I, I, I looked around. I looked around, and I'm like, no one was offering a young piece. I would have probably taken, you know, like the preseason, the best offer was the Kings were offering Sullivan and their 42, which their 42 becomes valuable if all of their guys leave and he goes into a rebuild. That would have been the best option for me if he decides he ends up wanting to go to a rebuild. Maybe I could even buy with that piece. So I should have taken that deal. He was, I think, offering it to Jersey and offered it to me. And I, of course, wanted to see how Bo looked. And that's what I was telling everybody preseason who wanted Bo. And it was like they were, you know, like they want to give me shit. But it's like, can I at least try something first? God forbid you want to try something. But you know what? That that ended up costing me because Sullivan would have been a, a, a you know nice young player. He's fine. He's expensive. But I would have had the Kings 42. So, you know, is that something that long-term could be flipped back for something that the Kings have um, or, or whatever? But anyways, he ends up getting Tucci without giving up his 42, I think, unless he gave it up in that deal. But, you know, that's a, that was a great trade. Sullivan for Tucci worked out well for him. And if he keeps his 42, he's good to go on his rebuild. So that, that worked out good for the Kings anyways, but obviously would have been the better value for Bo at that time. Crest had discussed Bing when he was kind of panicking and not quite sure. And like, I like Bing, but I wanted a little bit more balance, one through nines. Um, and I, I saw a yard. I'm like, ooh, I like the yield foul. It seems like it fits. I looked at Collins. Collins Collins fit as well. And it's like, all in all, like, I guess the fact that I, I was getting Odell, who's not terrible as far as a bench big, and McMahon kind of put me over. But yeah, I should have got a young pick because now it's like, I it, without a pick or something else, I still can't maneuver. So if, you know, again, we're stuck. We're kind of stuck. You know, we're stuck in a spot where my team is what I have right now. So now I just got to figure out the depth chart. You know, do I roll Pang back out with McCants at shooting guard? That looks like what we're going to do. So let's give Pang all the passing. Let's give Pang all the passing he needs and see if he can be successful. And, and of course, adding McCants at shooting guard would give me a little bit more defense and a little bit more rebounding. And then what we can do is we can bring Satan off the bench for our extra scoring. Satan really liked what was going on. He scored like 33 points a game in this last sim without Bo around. Wags went bonkers. He was like 27, 10, and 6, I think I shared in chat. It's like, whatever whatever I'm doing with him right now, he seems like he's fine. Um, he's not inefficient anymore. Uh, the residual passing of my team seems like it helps. He stays on the court. I think that's super important because he does a lot of stuff. So yeah, he doesn't play a lot of defense. Like Omer piped up and said, you know, like the Wag-Satan combo is only going to mean this team treadmills. And I was like, I don't quite get that. Um, like I, I think, you know, yeah, that combined is bad rebounding, but if you end up getting rebounding elsewhere, I mean, that's scores playing off each other, you know, wags is a passer, whereas Satan's not. So it's like, again, you, you just, you have, I, I'm looking for more versatility. So didn't want to spend too much time here on the thunder, but considering that we were more of the polarizing hashtag polarizing team, um, of subject lately, because people didn't like the value I got for Bo, but honestly, I couldn't get any sort of young piece for him. And some people would want to say, well, maybe you just keep him. Maybe there was a deal to be had later. I don't know. You know, it's like, but at the time, you know, let's try this low usage thing right now and see if it can work. And I mean, unfortunately, yeah, I don't, I don't th- really think I got any better. Um, I don't think I'm necessarily worse. Like, I feel like the pieces might fit a little bit better, but yeah, I mean, I guess if I hang on to Bo, you know, who ends up being a buyer, but it's like, yeah, I extended him. I extended him to four years. It's a big five-year deal right now. It's declining. So it's like not going to be the end of the world, but he goes out there and even sucks for the Blazers. Like if we're moving on to the Blazers, Bo had probably one of his worst Sims of all time. Now, again, Blazers are kind of all over the place. The Blazers, the fact that they don't play any defense, Bo might not fit there either. 
Because, like, we, we joked about Kevin's. Kevin's, uh, I gave the stats last night. Kevin's was, like, 12-9. and nine. He played extra minutes, I think, maybe because Bo got hurt here and there. Played 12-9. and nine. He was able to stay on the court. He had, like, 36 minutes per game. Um, did he foul a lot? He fouled a lot, I think, is what it ended up being. And then his turnovers went down. It's like cut his turnovers in half. But if he's going to be, like, a 46% guy, if he can be around two turnovers and not have a ton of fouls, and he ends up being kind of what Odell was for him, it's, you know, not the end of the world. But, again, starting that guy, I don't know if it fits. I mean, like, Brooks went off. Turner got better. Um, you know, of course, Bo gives him some volume. So it's like if he can kind of build around those three guys and have some defense, you know, that team might be fine. But, like, they're kind of a mess right now. And they're probably a mess because they don't play D. And then if they don't play D, Bo gets run out of the game because he's fouling too much. It's, you know, so the Blazers are in a mess. Like, they're 12-20. and 20. They find themselves four games out of uh, the eighth seed because basically the eighth seed, which would be the Nets, are 500. And the Nets are, the Nets are weird. We're moving on to the Nets. The Nets started Noel West. Noel West, instead of Sanderson last year, was a major tank thing. So then why like, why do you start Noel West? I don't get it. And the irony is he beat me in a game. He beat me by three points with a shit-ass point guard, Noel West. Give me a break. West as a starter was a joke. I guess the argument is he could pretty much was just putting whoever he could out there. Like, that team should not be this bad. He refuses to play Tom at point guard, and I don't know why. Like, maybe he just doesn't like a, 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 like a no-usage pass-first point guard. You know, people don't seem to like these guys who don't give you extra stuff. They want all this extra balance. But it's, but it's like, is that guy the worst thing to put out there? He just passes? Okay. He's not terrible defensively. Doesn't give you steals. Okay, fine. I get it. But it's like, how about have him just go out there and pass? Like Bailey, Silva, those guys are going to score. AGS, those guys are going to score. Now, he wasn't completely awesome the first couple sims, but he went the wrong way this sim. And they definitely they definitely got worse. So I don't really know what to say about the Nets other than I don't think Noel West is the answer at point guard. Um, he might not have the point guard on his team that he needs. He might end up needing to do something else. But definitely right now, you know, West is not getting it done. Um and I think this is what when what Ricky preseason said the Nets aren't a playoff team. Now we joked and said there's no way that the Nets aren't better than the Blazers. I think I said that, and they are. They're still technically better than the Blazers, but both teams are kind of in a mess. Um, the Sonics slipped a little bit. I skipped over them. Um, the Sonics are just kind of they're probably just going to ebb and flow depending upon you know games where Evans goes off. You know how good. You know, Marco Polo plays, and he's trying to maneuver things. He obviously, he was able to get Lambrecht from Ricky because um, he, st- like I said, he started Lamb in the playoffs last year, so we know that he likes Lamb. Um, as far as a low-usage point guard, he had been starting Jensen, and he was he liked having Jensen in there. But I just don't know. I don't know what to think of this team. Like, he's still rolling out JJ XXX. Um, he's got Reed coming off the bench now. He's got Sh- Shannon. You know, like, commented on Odell being a bad contract. Well, Paul Shannon's been a horrible contract for a while, and he's starting him. Omer's just going the defensive route. He's going the defensive route, and he's trying to grind games out. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Again, kudos to him for winning the playoff series, but he's pretty much got a plus-one point differential. Like, it's really going to hinge for this team on the offense. Like, if if, if Evans doesn't have good games, they're probably going to lose. Like, they're just not getting a lot of ton of scoring from elsewhere other than Marco Polo. And... You know, we're going to say, okay, Reed, he's, he's, he, you know, Reed is what he is, but he's not really a good defender anymore. Um, and, and Shannon, like, I know he's using Shannon for his defense and his, and his kind of overall defensive one through nines, but he's still a starter that's shooting 41, 40%. 
He's fouling a ton and only playing 30 minutes a game. You know, this is a team that they're getting a lot of steals. And let's see, they're getting a lot of steals and they play defense, but they foul a lot. They don't, they're not really efficient offensively. Like they're just going to be this 500 type team, I think, all year. I don't really think, you know, the Sonics are going to be one of the top teams in the Maynard because unless they make another move to add another piece, uh, I feel like they're just okay. Like they're not bad, but they're just okay. Like they're going to grind some games out, you know, maybe win some games that they should. But again, like we said, negate some of that scoring. And I think that's what you're going to see. Like he had games where he blew me out. He had a game where Bo had eight fouls against them. And then we come back and we beat them in another game. It's just, it's weird. Um, and I, I had thought about this before the Sim and I'm like, why is there so much volatility in all these games? And is it something like fouls or something weird? And you know, it might, it might, it might just be something as, the way that positions and especially defensive one through nines now is that everyone's really starting to start to buy into the defensive one through nines. Not like they didn't before, but more where maybe we're starting to get more guys out there who play some D and people are more strategically moving them around more. You know, we commented last year about how a lot of them seem to be at small forward. Well, now it's like, yeah, you got a guy like Shigur. Now you got a guy like, you know, Marco Polo, but I guess he's probably playing at, 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 at the three. So it's like, are, are there, we getting more balanced defense at certain spots to where, you know, like what, what, and, and it's a long winded way of basically saying that your base depth chart clearly works against some teams. And then isn't going to work against the, another team. You know, like, if you're playing the Sonics, you're going to obviously put your best defender at the two, uh, assuming he put he has Evans there. And then you might want to stay a teeny bit away from Marco if you could. And you might want to attack them elsewhere. Whereas your base depth chart might not... You might have your your best defender at the three. And then you would just kind of want to flip it in the next in the next series. So I feel like what we're seeing is that people's base depth charts are being very volatile when it comes to the amount of different teams they're playing. And, you know, you have some teams that are going all offense and some teams that are going all defense, some teams that are just balanced, and then some teams that are bad. So, again, like just covering those few bases there is that it spreads things around and just basic matchups would change in the playoffs, whereas the regular season, because you don't make those changes, you know, is different. Like, we had talked about like if you really wanted to slow some stuff down and I know we would never do it for the regular season but one of the more interesting intriguing things to be would be like if we're committed to doing the playoffs and both GMs are there okay if both GMs are there I mean and this is where it's you know, you kind of roll out what you want in a seven-game series, right? And I think people see what I might be getting at here. But, like, what happens if you try something and after game one you're like, wow, that did not work? I mean, teams make adjustments. You're basically gambling that the adjustment you throw out there for the game one is what's going to hold for all seven. Now, it's not like we're, we're talking about people making all sorts of moves for every game. But maybe it's something where it's, you know, if, if, if both GMs are present – would you be allowed to make like one or two changes? And it's like, that's it. You're only allowed one or two changes. Um, and that's another thing is that you don't see other teams, other teams, depth charts. So mostly, so you don't really know where they're putting guys, but could you say, I want to make a change? You know, like back in the day, of course, if you have multiple Sims, you can kind of get an idea for what somebody put out at a certain spot. You know, and again, people would play matchups. If, if there's some sort of mismatch, 
Maybe you would try to negate it if you could make a change. Now, maybe that's the fun of it. The fun of it is trying to be a guessing game. But, you know, to, to maybe have one sort of option where you could, tr- you know, switch something in series would be kind of interesting as far as making an adjustment in series. And I know once you get an injury, you're allowed to do that. So if you have an injury in series, you're allowed to, I believe, make any changes you want, which it's it's almost interesting where let's say you did something wrong and you get an injury, um, even to some, somebody minor, is that you could turn around and, and flip around your lineup if you felt like you were, you know, you were being overmatched in a certain spot. But I always thought that that would be kind of cool. I feel like way back in the day, this might have been FRSL, the other league that was... Uh, that was going around the same time, like seven, eight years ago, uh, where you were allowed to make, um, adjustments in the series, but you know, it's a lot of work for KJ. I mean, it's a lot of wasted and we already have like eight hour Sims and playoffs, but it's like, I, you, you know, like an interesting added feature would be like, you know, like I said, like one adjustment, like changing this guy's, you know, intensity or changing his position, you know, or, or like, you know, you're allowed to, to do something with two players, you know, however it would, however it would be. But, um, but again, I think what getting back to the main point was I think some of these teams are are so different now, I guess. You know, like extreme D, extreme O, balanced, and then just some that are super bad is that your your base depth chart is going to work good against one team uh and not against another. And in some instances again when you have a balanced team, it could could just be something weird that game. So it's like, I don't really know if we're really getting like so much of this is so weird this season. And it's like, you know, one day, one game it works, one game it doesn't. It's all over the place. So it could just be something like that. So it's like when you really start to go into Sims and what happened and you have knee jerk reactions, you know, is it just because of matchup? Like some teams just don't match up well. Like right now, like obviously I had Bo and now I have Yard at center. Um, and obviously this, the Clippers had a Jean. So I played well against the Clippers when I had Bo at center. And it makes sense because, you know, he's got two good wing defenders that can match up with Rafi and, um, and Satan, but I was able to take advantage of Bo at center. So now without Bo and I have yard is that it kind of negates it a bit. Whereas if I have Bo against center against the Jean, you know, that's going to kind of help me in a, in a series. And I could see where, you know, like the Clippers played well against me because they negated my scoring at the two and the three. So it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you, in teams look at that, they look at, you know, moving forward, if they make the playoffs, you know, who are they potentially going to match up against and want to potentially plug those holes and cover that base if, if they have the ability to, to match up against them in a series. But I don't know, it's a, a long, long, long winded way of coming to that discussion, but I thought it was kind of neat because it's, again, so much stuff is all over the place in, the, in some of these sims, so it's like kind of like, am I just trying to create a narrative or find a narrative that fits? Um, I'm not sure, but it's like, that's a question that I don't have the answer to as far as like, why are things seemingly all over the place? And especially in the Maynard, um, you know, we talked about the, we talked about the Nets, we talked about the Sonics and we skipped over the Warriors. The Warriors actually last Sim, they were bad at the end of the Sim before they were some, like a few games under, under 500 and was weird. Like they're plus minus they're plus basically five and a half. And they're at 500. Now, I think they had a good sim. They were like eight and four. And the trade they basically made was they added Faison. Like the thing is, I guess they weren't bad before that. Um, and I thought maybe Faison was going to be a guy he was going to start, but he kept starting Collins. Faison maybe gives him a, a more efficient guy off the bench. But the problem is both those guys are center only. Um, 
But we saw the Warriors were fine. Like, the Warriors are going to be okay. I don't know what was going on to the point where, you know, like, without diving into their box scores. I mean, it clearly means, like, they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. And they're probably beating them pretty handily. And then they've probably had some grinded out, like, close losses. Like, they're out rebounding people. Um, They are found a little bit and turning over a bit. So maybe it's a situation where if you're fouling a little bit more than your opponent and you're turning it over a little bit more than your opponent and he's not getting some steals despite his rebounding, maybe it just, again, some games, maybe it's just, again, the perfect storm where he gets into foul trouble, turns it over a little bit, uh, maybe isn't grabbing those rebounds as much and kind of those are the games he loses. But, again, it's still early. But, again, that's a 500 team that I think is just way better than they look. Hawks don't care. We don't really need to talk about them. Timberwolves are interesting because the Timberwolves are in a spot where people keep talking about what are they going to do? Like, what are they going to do as far as stuff? And and honestly, like here, even funnier. Wow, this is this is interesting. Like breaking news here is that I, I honestly hit up Dan because I wanted to put this on the podcast is I wanted to hit up Dan and um ask him who had who had asked about you know he, he made chow available and he said the wolves the wolves asked about chow that's crazy um there's another team i won't mention that i think the wolves are just fun because the wolves had chow before um but the other team i, I you know again i, I don't want to i don't want to mention that one that um but but the wolves man <laughs> the wolves are a mess the wolves bench bradley and people want to say okay uh it makes sense uh you know, Bradley's not that great for this team, but like, okay, fine. But he's still like probably their best player. So like, maybe we don't like, God, I don't even know if they were, they were in any worse than they were. Yeah, they still are. They're still bad, but it's like, come on. The, the, it, it makes the most sense for Bradley to be at power forward for Luther to be at center. Now, again, I, I guess he was probably looking at it. What's life going to be like without, without, um, without Bradley. And maybe that's the idea. Like maybe he wants to trade Bradley. He seems like he really likes Luther. Um, people want to say, you know, like Pang for Luther type deals. He is, he is, he's mentioned he doesn't like Pang. I know he likes Satan, but he doesn't like Pang. Um, he doesn't like a chucker point guard, but which is funny because his puck, his, his low usage point guards have been chuckers uh, just automatically for that team. So I think he's just trying to figure out fit. I, I don't know what's going to happen down the pipe with this team as far as um, potential deals. But it seems like anyone's available for the right price. He clearly keeps on going after B-Rat Sixella um, on the Grizz. That's the Finn. I think I got the name right. B-Rat Sixella. Um, so if that's what it is, you know, two Wolves picks and B-Rat, that's not bad value. But I get it. I get it. What You know, like, Luther's a little bit older. B-Rat has, we haven't even seen what he could be in progressions. You know, he's that seems like he's a fine player. Like, keep the team together. And it's kind of like, look, I understand. And again, we don't know what those picks would be. You know, the Wolves are bad. They're, they're most likely lotto picks. But, you know, like, do you want to, if you think B Rat is really, really, really good, do you want to end up with the eighth pick? Do you want to have darts? You know, like, Luther's fine. He's fine. But would you potentially want to give up B Rat for Luther and have the other picks not pan out? If you really think B Rat's your one of the guys that you want to look for in the future. So I get it. I get both sides of that is that one side offers you more value. And then the other side offers you the player that you like, that you drafted that now you like. And, and if you potentially want to be committed to, and it's not like this guy's got bad ratings. So I get that, but the wolves. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know what the wolves are doing. Um, they're kind of in a flux right now and, you know, figuring it out. Obviously he already had gotten, 
um, twine for Glenn, which made him younger. So, you know, do, does he move Bradley for something younger? Uh, you know, like I could see him keeping Luther cause Luther, well, Luther's still 25. Uh, and then Bedlam, I would think, you know, Bedlam would be the most logical guy. Like there's gotta be a team. Like he offered me, I think it was Satan and a pick for Bedlam. I'm sorry. Uh, Bedlam and a pick for Satan, uh, which just like I, Bedlam's okay. I'm just not crazy about him anymore. But I feel like someone someone would give him something for Bedlam if that's the idea. Like he's still decent. He's got a reasonable contract. Uh, in he seems like he could be an okay starter for you. But you know that also is Ricky said. You know what do people need out of bigs? Like there's you know there's seems like there's a decent amount of bigs out there, especially centers. You know, with the fact if you have guys like Collins and Bingham and Yard, you have these low usage defensive centers. And I guess Luther's power forward center. I'm starting to ramble now, but ramble. But it's just trying to figure out like what 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 do the Wolves do? I don't know, I don't know. But well, we obviously just know they're kind of a mess. Um, wow, once again, I really wanted to do this quick, and I've crashed out a whole conference, and it takes a half an hour. I haven't even talked about the Landros. Uh, the Heat. Bad, but the Heat playing their kids. I like it. Like to see Crowley. Crowley's got a sneaky low foul rate, it seems like. Cody Battaglia maybe doesn't, but he's fine. I like Cody, but Crowley could be really sneaky if he does have a low foul rate because it looks like you'd want him to get defensive boost. The Heat potentially could start Graf this sim. So it's going to be funny because the Heat could start Graf. How long is Higgins out? Higgins is back. So he could start Graf, Higgins, uh, Crowley, and Battaglia. Four guys uh, from his draft he could roll out, and they're fun. But it's like, you know, like, ironically enough, if these are guys that he really liked that were in his draft and he could potentially build off of, um, I don't hate any of those guys. Obviously, I talked earlier about Graf. I don't really see why we think this guy's going to be bad. Um, for a 21-year-old that's only had two sims, like, the base ratings seem pretty good. Um, he's only played 15 minutes per game. Seems okay. Let's give him some run before we, uh, before we just toss out the fact that he was a bad sixth pick. I mean, come on. That's probably more aimed at Kyle. And then the Jazz. I don't even, I'm not even look at the Jazz. Jazz are 6 and 25. There's nothing to look at. Not even going to click on their page. Um, they are currently the worst team in the league, and that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense that they're doing what they should be doing. So I might as well just drop this one. This is like a 40 minute podcast here about the Maynard. Uh, about, about what? And it's like, again, my biggest question is what's going on with some of these random box scores. That's my biggest question. But otherwise, uh, I think we're seeing things fall into place with some of these teams. You know, there's, there's again, if we're looking at the Maynard, there's some question marks as far as, you know, what's, what's with the Warriors' point differential? You know, like, are the, can the Sonics be better? Uh, they would have to make a trade, I think. You know, like, what the fuck is up with the Thunder? The Thunder are a mess. Uh, and the Blazers, can the Blazers right the ship? That's one of the bigger questions, too, because it doesn't, right now, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they can get the right mix. The defense, they're going to be buyers. Ricky's always going to be buying. He's going to try to fix this. You know, but can they? What, what, what do they need to do to, to fix that? Um, are the Kings ever going to lose any more games? Like, again, spend two Sims, and I, I don't think so. But if we're looking at the playoff picture, we're looking at right now the Nets sit in the eighth spot. The Blazers want to get in. The Hawks do not. So when we talked preseason, what would happen? You know, like Kyle owns the Clippers pick and the Suns pick. Um, and the Sonics pick, and those are three decent teams right now. So it looks like he's, you know, we, we said there's pretty much, I, I did say, I said there's almost no way one of those isn't a lotto pick. Well, I was wrong. I was wrong. So kudos to, you know, kudos to MX, kudos to Omer, you know, especially the Clippers look way better than when, than we thought they might've been. Like, I just didn't think law of numbers. Like, again, you wouldn't think Ricky would be on the outside looking in. So if Ricky slides in, somebody has got to slide out now, right now, 
I hate to say it, like, I don't really know what the hell the Nets are doing at point guard, but I still like, I like the fact that they have Bailey and Silva and AGS. Like, those are three really good players. Like, you can't mess this up, right? And the Sonics are probably the team that has the least overall talent, although he's making it work. So I feel like there's the team that seems like the most susceptible right now if they don't make a trade, because if any of their core guys loses any sort of time, I don't think they can make that back up. Um, you know, like easy went down for the Suns. Like what happens if Marco goes down? I guess you could say that about any of their top teams about their best player, but it's like, you know, um, that should matter on the Suns and the Suns are still, the Suns have still been playing. Okay. Uh, with easy going down. Cause Bombwell Bombwell stepped in. I just think he has more overall talent and the Blazers like, yes, um, Marco's better than the Blazers' best player, who's probably Turner. And, you know, like, it's funny because I guess Omer really gave me shit about that trade, and maybe it's the fact that the Blazers threatened their ability to make the playoffs. You know, like, again, the, the Sonics won a tiebreaker last year and got in. Now he came out of the gates a little bit strong. The team has kind of fallen back to earth. Maybe they're just not as good. So he's mad that I made Ricky better and potentially might knock him out of the playoffs. If he does listen to this challenges him I challenge him to listen to this that I, you know I predict the, I predict the Sonics are going to miss they're fakers is that Omer can't make this work two seasons in a row without a trade if he can make a trade to add a bigger piece that makes sense but if it's just still going to be Marco and Miles I don't think this team makes playoffs I really don't um and it would have to be the Blazers sliding in because if the Blazers can't write the ship it doesn't matter it's a foregone conclusion but if the Blazers were to slide in and, and someone else is going to slide out it's going to be Sonics so fuck you Omer we'll return back in a little bit with the Landros uh, talk to you in a bit peace <laughs>